Hi, and welcome to the Telltale Podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Goldsmith, and today's episode is called Confidence in Characters. My guest this episode is Olivia Diebel, a young Australian actress best known for her iconic roles as Tamara on Little Lunch, Rafi on Home and Away, and Princess Roxana in The Secret Society of Secondborn Royals on Disney+. For some of us, we've grown up with her, and now at 18, Olivia is embarking on a new era of her acting journey as an adult. This episode, Olivia and I will be talking all about being under the spotlight at such a young age, people struggling to separate her from her characters, how to become more confident, her work and school life balance, and more. So with that, let's get right into it. That's okay. So the world is, um, is this better for you? Yeah, it's perfect. Okay, awesome. Much better. Yeah. Right. So, um, for our listeners, we basically had a little bit of connection problems, but we're back. Um, so good to have you on again, as I said before. Twelve <laughs> um, times a charm. <laughs> so many of my listeners, as I said before, know you from your iconic roles in Little Lunch, Home and Away, and as a Disney princess in the Secret Society of Secondborn Royals, which is amazing, by the way. But you there are much. a lot more than the roles you play. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about Olivia Diebel. I'd love to. Um, so, hi everyone. My name's Olivia. Um, I'm 18 years old. Um, I've been an actor for yeah since I was about eight. So it's been it's been a really big part of my life. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm really grateful that I got kind of got into it like super young and that my parents were supportive. Um, yeah, and I've, I've kind of continued to pursue that dream along the way. Like I I was a I was a dancer and a contortionist as a kid, so I kind of kept up gymnastics and stuff like that. Um, I also have started writing recently. Um, and I've got a really new exciting project in the works which I can't talk too much about but um, yeah I'm really excited for that and it's been it's um, acting really allowed me to get into that kind of to the writing side and that's been fantastic Um, I really like food I really like (laughs) wine now that I'm an uh, 18 year old I'm like (laughs) sorry I can't hear you again um my phone awesome. shuts yeah. off. Yeah. Just because I'm doing it on my phone. Yeah. There we go. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank perfect. you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, I've that's that's me. Awesome. Well, um, essentially, you know, you've grown up under the spotlight. Um, what would you say are the best parts of that? And what are some kind of adversities that it's created as well? Um, so I think it's it's fantastic that it, um the fame that I've had in Australia has been able to give me a voice. Like I, I think I've um I've been able to be heard and respected as a woman in this yeah. industry. Um, and I think that it's given me a lot of it's given me a lot of benefits per se with wanting to get into acting schools or allowing myself if I'm interested in a role. Um, I'm always given an opportunity to an opportunity to audition, which I'm very lucky for because a yeah. lot of people have to go through a bigger process. But because of um because of my profile, I'm able to audition. I might not get them, but at least I'll get seen for the roles I want to get seen for. Yeah. Um, I'm also very lucky I've been able to save at a young age as well. Like I started making money quite young and that's been, you know, I'm, I'm so lucky for that opportunity yeah. um, to be able to invest and save at such a young age, which has been fantastic. Um, I think like everyone says this, I think in the, the modern day of social media fame, there's always a downside as you, as you will get bullying and hate. I've been quite lucky though. I really haven't had a lot of um, bullying online. I think um, it only kind of came later when, 
people didn't like the person that I was maturing and becoming because I wasn't Australia's little sweetheart anymore because, you know, I hit puberty and I became my own person. The only kind of hate I got was when then I wasn't kind of fitting into the mould that a lot of parents had had set for me to be. Yeah. Um, But aside from that, like, I really haven't had that much hate. It's all just kind of been um, uncomfortability with with adults um, with me growing up. But that's, you know, it's part of it. It's okay. Yeah. Um, I think another downside might be I don't get a lot of privacy. Like I think, um, mm. you know, I'll, for example, I was just going to a football game with my boyfriend today and just, you know, kind of people coming up or you, they, and I think because you're on their screens or on their phones so often they forget the, um, the kind of line between people and like that you wouldn't yeah. go up and just take a photo of someone or if I'm sitting by myself, just kind of coming into my space and chatting, which I'm absolutely fine with. And some people are really lovely, yeah. but I think if you have, you know, like with anyone, if, if someone's on your screen, at home or there and you're scrolling through TikTok and watching my TikToks or on my Instagram, you're going to feel like we're friends or like that personal space bubble isn't there because I'm always with you on your phone. Yeah. Um, so I understand it, but yeah, sometimes it's a bit jarring when you're like, Oh, I don't know this person. <laughs> Fair enough. And I mean, kind of branching off that, have you ever felt that people treat you differently because of your status and does yeah. that kind of annoy you a bit or is it something that you're kind of just used to? Absolutely. I think it really depends on both how I'm feeling like if I'm having a bad day um or I'm really tired or I don't feel good or look good and kind of people are just completely break that personal boundary and like paparazzi take pictures of me when I'm swimming or like just yeah. even kids my age just I'd so much prefer for you to just come up and say hey I'm a really big fan I'd love to take a picture with you because I'll always say yes yeah but if you just take pictures of me I feel like I don't know like I'm at a zoo and it just it makes me feel mm. uncomfortable um, but I think for the most part, like, I don't really care if people are like pointing at me at talking about me because it's also weird seeing yeah. like, a. I don't necessarily see myself as a celebrity, but like as a quote unquote person of fame, yeah. um, it, like it's, that's kind of part of it that you, you are separated. You're not on the same level as them. So people obviously will stare and point, but I think, um, yeah, I'd much prefer, I'll always have a chat with you. Yeah. Um, and this, it is good and bad. Like it just, it just I think it just kind of depends on the person and how, how okay they are talking to strangers and interacting with strangers. But I don't, I don't really see it as a big deal. Definitely. Yeah, no, I mean, when I first met you um, in like about 2016, I think it was now. Um, yeah, ages I remember, ago. Yeah, I remember I was super excited because I'd grown up watching you on Little Lunch. And when my mom said you were on Home and Away, I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I was like, I didn't want you to feel like I was just like, kind of like, oh my God, hi, hi, hi. I wanted no, you to you, feel like you it was know, you, you absolutely, yeah, and, you, and I, I appreciate that. I always appreciate it when people try to incorporate me in opposed to me yeah. being the, like the center of attention. Yeah. Because end of the day, like I think, and also it's it's important to remember that, especially if you're a child actor or young. I didn't grow up with very many friends, yeah, because I was always on set and TV. So I'm always really stoked to hang out with people who are my age because I never, like, I never really kind of had like a school group friend group, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I always get excited to be a part of it. Yeah, I definitely think people need to remember, like, people with status are humans, like us. They're yeah. normal people. So yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, and you spoke just in that kind of segment about some of the trolls that you faced or some of the people that have had some things to say about you. Um, mm. But particularly, I think um, I heard that some people were commenting on your looks and body, especially during your time on Home and Away. Um, yeah. How were you able to overcome those types of comments? So I think it's it's really tough. I think I don't I, and I don't have a reason why I really don't ever let 
Instagram people affect me. It's never been a problem I've had. I think because I know I'm lucky in a sense, I think because I, again, I had, I had fame or followers from quite a young age. I always knew that it was either a jealousy thing. Yeah. And I would never, like these people would never say that to my face in real life. And I had Mm. that mentality from such a young age, people commenting on my weight really never affected me online. Yeah. Like it just, I think I just knew I was like, and I think because I, you know, we grew up in a peak age of social media, like everyone had Instagram at 14 and Snapchat and like we, we grew up with it. So it wasn't a new thing that people were mean. Definitely. Um, so I think online, it never affected me. I think the two biggest parts that affected me, first of all, was the fact that paparazzi didn't see an issue with taking pictures of me as a young woman and not seeing a problem with that. Mm. And that, you know, men aging between 25 and 50 thought it was was pretty yeah. having a swim by herself or with her family and then selling those pictures for thousands of dollars for pub- for publicists and media people to then comment on my weight. Mm. Like that was the thing that upset me the most. It wasn't even that they were yeah. calling me fat or skinny or whatever. It was the fact that they thought that was appropriate for a young girl. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a big problem still today. And I don't, it just, it, it disgusts me how frequently that media sources will just dehumanize people by commenting on their weight and thinking it's appropriate to sell pictures. Um, and I think now I, I, it's a shame that I have to constantly, every time I go to a beach, I have to constantly be aware that there might be um, paparazzi because it's happened to me so frequently now that I'll always have to put yeah. a t-shirt on. And it's not because I don't like my body. I love my body. I'm very proud of it. Yeah. It's the fact that I don't think it's fair for people to be getting monetary value off of my body when I'm having a swim. Definitely. So I think that's the thing that upsets me. Also, I think, and I don't think this happens intentionally a lot, but some people, forget that I'm on their TV all the time mm. and a lot of people will come up to me and be like oh my god you're so much fatter on TV wow and you're just like that's just so unnecessary yeah I'm not gonna come up to you and say that that's yeah. but I also give a little leeway for that because I think people don't know it's obviously a compliment they're trying to say that I look good in re I look better in real life mm. but it doesn't come out in that or I look different in real life and that doesn't come out in a, the way I think they meant it to yeah but sometimes I'm just kind of like all right you did like you didn't need to comment on my weight whether <laughs> That's I was enough. Or not. all right yeah some slack I was on I was going through puberty on home yeah. and away like you know I was I was my body was figuring out what it was doing so yeah you know it's it's no like no crap I was different kilos from one week to the next I was you know going through a big shift yeah, definitely. I mean, your body always fluctuates, especially. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't stop fluctuating it. ever. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, and yeah, I just I think that that it's really upsetting that you had to go through that, um, especially because a lot of young people go through that as well. Yeah. But the fact that you were kind of you know in this sphere, in this public eye, and you had it like kind of amplified, it yeah. just it sucks. It but, does, but it's also you know it's also and when I say it's a part of it, I don't. I mean this. I don't think it's okay what happened, yeah. but I also recognize that if I want to be part of a forward movement to help speak out and change about it, yeah. I myself am okay with it happening to me. So I can be part of the movement to assist, help and change. Yeah. 
that's awesome and it's really admirable um love to see you growing and and flourishing into this beautiful young woman it's awesome thank you very much (laughs) so watching you over the years um I think it's definitely fair to say that you have really grown into yourself I mean you've always been very confident from the get-go but I think you've kind of just flourished now even more um how have you learned to become so confident in yourself and what's your advice to other young people who struggle with this that's a really good question. Um, I think a lot of it was, like, I, I think, and I will always say this, Home and Away was, yeah. learn all these fantastic things. However, I think when you're with a character like Raffi, who I lived, like, I, I was with Raffi for three whole years. Yeah. And I think because it was also in the public eye, people wanted me to be like Raffi as well. Yeah. Um, so I think breaking away from that and like my contract ended. So obviously I, I was no longer on the show and yeah. then immediately going a completely different character. Mm. And after that coming home and not going on to another TV show, like I was obviously auditioning. I just wasn't kind of getting anything. Yeah. It gave me time to then reflect. Mm. Give me one second. I'm just going to reconnect. Yeah. I completely forgot what I was saying. I think having the ability to stop working for a little bit, even though I didn't want to, then gave me some time to um, grow into myself. Like I think after those two shows um, yeah. where I was two completely different personalities, mm-hmm. I then took some time away and like, I, you know, I, I wasn't getting roles, so I didn't have to pretend to be anyone. Yeah. Which isn't, you know, I, of course I wanted to work, but I guess there was just nothing for me. So I kind of got to reconnect with friends or, or discover music. And then I, you know, I think cutting my hair was one of the best things I've ever done. Yeah. Um, because it completely, when, as soon as I cut it, I completely cut myself off from this stereotype that had been created for me or this personality mm-hmm. that people thought I was. Like I was connected to having long blonde hair and being, you know, the 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 young, like little Australian like uh, Olivia like the little Australian sweetheart um and like I think that was I was that when I was younger but then you know I I had been through a lot of stuff and I was changing and progressing and I wasn't that anymore so cutting my hair really cut me off from that kind of symbolism that um the the media had created for me Mm -hmm. and that was really empowering and I also got a lot of backlash for that like news media were calling me an old woman or that like it was a bad haircut Mm -hmm. and that like no one would like me anymore and I think that was the most empowering part because I loved myself the most when I had made a change just for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I, I just kind of stopped listening to when 45-year-old women got upset that I was doing my own thing. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like I don't – I wasn't a bad girl. I've never done anything that's been outrageous. I just yeah. kind of started being my own person. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that takes time as well. Like, I think I don't, I don't want girls to look at me and be like, I have to, like, I did it pretty late. I think I only truly came into myself probably in 2020. So when I was 18 yeah. and I only now wholeheartedly feel like every decision I make is influenced because of the things that I like and, and it makes me feel like a strong person, but that took me until I was 18. Yeah. Like, you know, for so long I was stressed about what people would think or was only doing it because I felt like that was the right thing to do or the cool thing to do um yeah so it's taken me ages and it will you but it's also you're influenced by people yeah. you don't just do things on your own volition you're influenced because of people that you like or things that you think you shouldn't do mm. um yeah but it takes time and you constantly keep changing like I'll probably think in two years time the person I am now is incredibly cringe <laughs> yeah I mean that happens and it's normal but it's awesome to see that happening for you and I feel like the whole kind of 
movement and like everything that's flowing around you it's just so organic and it's so natural and I really I, appreciate yeah, that Thank it's you. awesome <laughs> so um you know as well with such a huge following on social media platforms such as Instagram um you know you've you said that you've had kind of a pressure to act or appear a certain way and do you kind of um still feel like that um yes and no I think I'm just gonna turn my car on give me one second <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, so I think yes and no. Yeah. Um, I think I definitely did when home when home and so we so home and away filmed six months in advance. So what you see on home and away we filmed six months ago. Mm. So I think whilst I was still on home and away, or just when I'd stopped, um, and I obviously wasn't posting any more home and away, and I wasn't on it anymore, and I cut my hair and things like that, people were upset because they still had seen me as Raffi. Mm. And I think, like, you know, it's difficult. I was on I was on everyone's screen every night for about three years. They had then become very attached to me. Yeah. So then I think when I – and then I think people couldn't deal with me turning 18 as well. So, like, yeah. you know, me being able to drink alcohol or me being able to go to a party or, you know, things like that. I think people mm. were quite uncomfortable with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and I think I don't like I'm not mad at people for not for being uncomfortable with me changing. Lots of people are uncomfortable with change. Yeah. It's just that I needed to for myself and I I don't I think the most important thing I can say is that you don't owe you have to be appreciative of your fans because without them you wouldn't be where well, I wouldn't be where I am today without the people who support my work and follow yeah. me. However, I don't owe them anything for me to stagnate or stop changing and growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's a fine line between between recognizing that you don't owe people the ability for them to want to change you or keep you where you are. Mm. However, you do need to appreciate and acknowledge everything that they've done for your career. Yeah, and I think there needs to be a separation between the characters you play and yourself. Because- Absolutely, but I think we're very lucky with that. I feel bad for singers, man. Like their whole personality <laughs> is who they are. They yeah. have to create a fake persona. My yeah. job is to lie. You know, my job my job is to not be me well I mean, their whole job is to be them yeah well I mean you're pretty good at it if people are still thinking that that is who you are <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe I've done it too well maybe you've done it too well Olivia. maybe you need to hone it down <laughs> I'm kidding you're doing amazing um and are you looking to do any future roles that are kind of different from what you've done in the past is that kind of the outlook you're going for yeah abs- I mean I don't think I it's never been this thing of like after Raffi, I was like, no more Mr. Nice Guy. I can't do <laughs> anyone who's a good girl again. Yeah. Um, I think it's just that, like, again, of course, what you need to notice is that, like, in Australia, you know, the beach blonde will be the nice girl. But in America, the, most of the roles I get are really bitchy, mean, mm. kind of the mean girl, which is fine. Yeah. But it's also like, you know, I was that in Disney, like, I was playing the mean girl who turned good. Yeah. Um, but I think in Australia, uh, yeah, after I cut my hair, and as I said, I'm writing this project that, that um, is coming out quite soon, which is really exciting. Awesome. After that, I think the, um, the stereotype casting that I have been in will change. I'm in, the, I'm in the shorts and I've got some projects coming up playing things that I've never played before, which is yeah. really, really exciting. Um, yeah, and I think, it, I think I just, I needed to wait. Like, I needed to wait until I was an adult to do more adult roles and to do more kind of older stuff and that's coming um and I'll be interested to see how my fans react to that as well because I'm no longer playing 
children I'm tackling kind of harder and older issues and I'm yeah I'm interested to see how people react to that yeah well I think as well the good thing is the 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 main the majority of your fans are the ones that are like kind of have stuck with you for this long time are around your age so we're growing up with you and so I feel like you won't receive that much backlash from them I think it will be more so the people that are above us the older people that are just yeah judgmental yeah which is, listen, again, it's fine. Like, yeah, I it's think fine. you can, ne- I don't think you can ever get upset at, I think there's a fine line. I don't mm. think you can ever get is that art, um, art is, um, like, I think as soon as you release something into the world, you're fine to have an opinion because it's yeah. on my work. But mm. I think when you unnecessarily start judging my body or telling me that I've, my haircut looks crap, there's no need. Like, yeah. There's no need for you to be judgmental about my general appearance, but I'm happy for you to comment on my work. Yeah. Because art is subjective. Definitely. Really interesting to hear that from you. Um, Now, I kind of want to move away from your life as a public figure a little bit more and more towards your life away from the cameras. Um, Because, you know, as we've said, you grew up in the spotlight, but you were also kind of managing school at the same time, um, which was quite unconventional. Um, But you managed to graduate last year, which is awesome. So I kind of want you to first off kind of tell us a little bit about how your school and work life ran. Yeah, so I th- um I started off at a, I started off at a bilingual school. So yeah, um when I was like grade one to year three, I went to like a French speaking school, which is fantastic, and I've kept up French to this day. Yeah. Um, then I was at like a so it was kind of school was regular for me until I started getting jobs. And when I was younger in Melbourne, I used to have like a tutor on set. So for little lunch, we had an on school teacher because all of the kids were still in school. Mm. So that was all fine. And then when I got to was when it was really difficult because I was doing long hours and I was the only kid on set yeah um so with that I went I actually decided when I went to Sydney to go to a school that had kind of incorporated performing arts in it yeah um and unfortunately I got really badly bullied there for the first time ever which was quite tough um Mm. and it was interesting I'd never been bullied before so that was really Mm. interesting I think being bullied kind of in high school but what was Um, it what were they bullying you for I think it was because it was a performing arts school and I was already, like everyone was working towards either being an actor or a dancer or a singer yeah. and I was already there. I mm. think it was a jealousy thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, but just kids are mean. Just kids are really, really kids mean. Kids are mean. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think it's it always comes from a place of insecurity and jealousy and you can mm. only kind of feel bad for them. You can't you can't get upset for people for just being unnecessarily mean. Yeah. Um. So then I was there and then that kind of just didn't work out again. I was just working like 70 hour a week. So it's just impossible Mm. to make any kind of school time. And that's when I decided to make the shift to distance education. So it's like homeschooling, but it's all online. So, and that, that worked best for me because I could do it whenever I needed to, whenever I wanted, Um, you know, I had to do it like I could do it on weekends. There weren't exact times. And then I did that from year 10, 11 and 12 and it worked. Yeah. It worked great for me. Mm. Um, Listen, I think I'm I'm dyslexic and I have real trouble at school. Like, mm. I'm very bad at maths. Um, yeah, again, my spelling Me is Me too, don't worry. <laughs> maths. You, no, you're very intelligent. <laughs> your mother hypes you up so much. Just not maths. Everything else except better. maths. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But, no, so I think it was it was important to me to show myself I could finish because I know I didn't have to. Like, you know, I was already making money and I was always doing my dream job. I didn't really need to finish school. But yeah. I think it was just to prove to myself 
that I didn't have to get away with it easy. I was like, mm-hmm. no, all right, you've got to stick to this. You've got to try really hard. And it didn't matter. I never cared about my ATAR. Like it was never a big deal to me, but just as yes. long as I actually tried to finish. And I did. And, you know, it's um, it doesn't take that long and it's really not a long part of our life. And I mm-hmm. think that if I can, um, you know, if I can do it while still having a full-time job and having the ability to go out and see my friends, I think it is doable and it's worth it. Whether you do anything with your degree or not, like whether you do anything with your school certificate or not, you're better just to finish so you know that you can. Because we still live in a really hierarchy, like judgmental world and you're going to need it for jobs later in life. Unfortunately, like I don't think that, I think that some things shouldn't have to have a qualification, but Mm. unfortunately that's how we live and it's just worth having just in case. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I still feel that you're so well-spoken and you seem so intelligent as well. Like besides the school, like even how you said you struggle with school, I feel like school isn't a great indicator of your actual Oh, it's ridiculous. But again, like I think think that's a really good thing to remember as well, that school really doesn't define your intelligence. Yeah. Like I I never did. And I, you know, I was able to live sufficiently at 16. Um, Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's important to remember. It really doesn't, I didn't get very good grades. I was a pretty like B to C average student. And that's when I was trying quite hard. Um, Mm. Yeah. And, you know, look at me, like it's not, it's not, it's not impossible. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, um, you know, on that point of how you said you wanted to finish schooling kind of for yourself and to prove that you could do it. Um, were there any other influences that helped you kind of push on in terms of finishing your school career? Yeah. So my father is, um, he really helps. He's, um, helping to change the school curriculum as we speak. So he Ooh. works for a nonprofit organization called Social Ventures Australia, and the aim is to help raise the lowest 20% of schools up and to make the education system fair. So not like, you know, if you're at a lower socioeconomic area in Australia, you're not at a deficit to not learn. Mm. Um, So I think, you know, for him, he's helping, he's helping change Australia's education department. And I think that's so admirable and that's so impressive. I would never want me being lazy because I couldn't be bothered to finish because I was already making money to be my, my, my father's legacy. So he was a really big influence on me because he was doing so much to change it. I wanted to show him that I could, I could finish. Um, So yeah, like it was, you know, and I want, and I, I, for my siblings as well, I don't want my siblings to feel like they can just drop out and that it's easy and life will be fine for them as well. Um, And then, yeah, like, you know, so many of my fans are young and I don't, I don't want to separate myself as this as this famous young girl who gets to do whatever she wants because she feels like it. I want I want them to know that I've had to struggle and work hard as well and that it's doable. Yeah. Like I still, you know, I'm a, I'm a socialite and an influence and I, I want to give kids the, the right influence. Yeah, I definitely think as well you're setting a great standard as well because the fact that you were able to manage working life with your school and your work life was really, really intense at times um, and on top of like all of the bullying and everything and it's just really a lot and it's amazing that you were able to still finish school because like I'm just doing my school myself and I'm finding it really hard. But <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, that's a really kind of motivating kind of force to see that you were able to do that. Thank you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, as well, you know, your year 12 experience last year was kind of thrown and turned upside down with the pandemic. Yeah. Um, 
how what do you think you've learned from that experience and how was that experience actually well so I think it was it was good and bad I think that what was hard for me and this is different for me because I wasn't at a school with friends a lot of my pushing for school was like all right I'll finish this assignment so I can go and have dinner with my friend yeah okay I really want to go see this play or I want to go and study like a workshop course for acting so I need Mm -hmm. to finish these assignments to do that Mm -hmm. so I think like everyone during COVID I lost and I was also in Melbourne so I was in a really intense lockdown I lost a massive amount of my motivation because I wasn't my reason for finishing school was like all right well if I do this assignment I can go and do this social thing so I'm balancing my life but because all of the social stuff was cut out I lost a lot of my motivation to kind of finish assignments and and continue through Mm. Um, and that was really tough I think what it but I also was very lucky because I had way more time to finish school because I wasn't on a project or, or, or acting. Yeah. Um, so I, I had a lot more time. I think that COVID taught me that I procrastinate way too much. And I just, <laughs> when I'm not busy, I really don't, I really don't have any push or any drive, which was a good mm. noticing factor that I need to actually, I need to stop. I need to stop having acting as my only force to get things done. Like yeah. I need to just want to complete things just for the sake of myself and being efficient and productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm still learning that like that, you know, like lockdown was over over six months ago and I'm still learning how to be productive and proactive. Mm. Like it's, it's going to take a lot of time and we justify things in our head all the time. So I'm, I'm still learning to try and fix that. Mm. Yeah. I, I feel like the pandemic, it was, it was a ter- it was kind of like one of the worst times, but also, um, grateful reflection and to kind of put everything into perspective yeah absolutely um, yeah that's awesome and I uh, kind of like in terms of schooling and your experience not really um, kind of having a lot of friends growing up do you feel like that impacted you in any way um yes and no I think it, it's really weird like I think that you know on home and away my best mates were between the ages of 25 and 40. yeah so I I I'm I had to mature incredibly quickly. Mm. Um, I think for a lot of home and away, I was quite lonely. Yeah, that kind of stopped as soon as I. I'm very lucky, I've got a really good. Oops. I had a fantastic, yeah. wonderful, and I like. I think now, now that I'm now that I'm out of school and able to manage my time more, I ha- mm. really have the ability to do lots of things. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think I was super lonely for a lot of it. Like I, I found it really hard and was struggling and trying to justify or recognize that me me being lonely was because of my passion was really weird too. Like, mm. you know, let's just say you play, like I know you play soccer, but a lot of that is like my friends play soccer. I'm able to be part of a team for this. Yeah. Part of my enjoyment of this sport or this craft is because of the camaraderie. Yeah. But I think it was like, for me to enjoy the art that I was doing, I had to take away my friendships, mm. which is hard, but you know, it was, it was a sacrifice I made and I don't like, I don't, I don't know what it would have been without that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like th- that's always the way it's been. So I don't really know if I, if I regret it because I don't have anything to compare it to. Yeah. But I mean, as well, I, I think you've, you made a lot of young friends as well along the way through acting, which is awesome. And, and you stay in contact with a lot of them as well. Um, do you, do you kind of, um, do you feel like that experience kind of still helped with kind of not going to school and not being around a lot of young people? 
Yeah, I think so. And I definitely think like I have three really beautiful lifelong friends who are still my friends today. Yeah. And I think it was a really good measure of the good people who would stay in my life forever. Yeah. Like, you know, the people who recognized that I worked a full time job and that I wouldn't always be there and yeah. who stuck with me when I was being a bit of an asshole. Um, <laughs> you know, and when I was trying to figure out my stuff, they loved me regardless and they stuck with me. And, you know, like I've had three lifelong friends from that and I'm so yeah. lucky for that. Like, a lot of people don't have those friends who stick along forever. Mm, yeah, and I definitely think even being in a big school community, you only really have those kind of two or three close, close friends that are going to yeah, stick with you. Think that many. I think if you spread yeah. yourself too far with lots of different people, you actually don't really know who is your real friend. Yeah. Because we all change a lot of it. We change a lot with, with heaps of people. Definitely. 100%. Well... Olivia, my final question for you is what does the future hold for Olivia Deeble? What are your plans? What are your goals? And what can we potentially see you doing very soon? Yeah, so as I said, I've just written my first television series, which is yeah. really has been such a fantastic experience um, and has been so incredible and is really different to anything I've done, I've done before. Yeah. I wish I could talk about it more. Uh, maybe I'll come <laughs> on when, again when I can. Yes, um, I love that. So that's coming out soon, which is really um, and that's really changed my perspective. Um, I'm hoping as soon as kind of borders open up, be at my in Paris, which will be fantastic and should build new life on acting for me. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then, yeah, I have I have a few film and television series roles coming up this year, in, this year and next year, and I think that'll they're a lot older roles and, and tackling kind of older older subjects and, and themes, and I'm really excited for that as well. That'll really challenge me as an actress. Yep. Um, yeah, and I'm going to continue to grow and be comfortable in myself and, and, and keep, yeah, keep changing. Awesome. Well, with that, I want to say a big thank you to you, Olivia, for coming onto my podcast today my pleasure. and having, having a chat me. with me. It's been such an honour to have you on. Um, I can't wait for everyone to hear um, what you've had to say, the awesome advice you've given, and I can't wait to see what you've got in store for us. Thank you so much, Olivia. All right, Love take care. You. Bye. And with that, we come to the end of this episode. A huge thank you to Olivia for taking the time to chat with me today, and a big thank you to you all for listening. If you would like to keep updated with Olivia, you can follow her Instagram page at Olivia Diebel. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you're listening from to be notified of our next interview. Also follow us on our Instagram. Our username is at the Telltale Podcast. That's at the Telltale Podcast. For business inquiries, our email address is telltalemedia at outlook.com. Thank you again for listening to Olivia's Tale and we'll see you next episode for another exciting interview.